Hello, everyone. Welcome along to a special edition of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. You might be aware there's a certain football match going on on Sunday, and we are here to give it a proper preview. We will be back next week for our full monthly preview, where we will assess the derby, all the games that have gone on, and everything else we normally do in our full podcast. Uh, but for this episode, I've got uh, James, Tony, and Dan Barrett Davis alongside me to preview. The first derby with supporters for 16 years. Uh, James, um, obviously you went to the game there two years ago that none of us could go to, but it's different this time. Well, I should hope so. It was it was the dullest game uh, in the emptiest of stadiums last time. Um, and obviously didn't get the right result, but yeah, you can't not be looking forward to this. You'd be looking forward to it regardless of what happened, what's been going on, but Luton are banging form and they are not. So... Um, yeah, you'd, you'd hope everyone's well up for this. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this since uh, Huddersfield invaded pitch on the night that they knocked us out of the playoffs. It was pretty obvious Watford were getting relegated and uh, this fixture was going to come about. I'll get the boys' reactions from their favourite sort of memories of this fixture. We'll look ahead to the fixture uh, and then I'll catch up with Tom Lockyer ahead of the game and we'll get his views on the match and how everything's going and things. And then at the end, I'll get everyone's predictions, apart from James, because I'm going to bribe him to tell me that we're going to lose. <laughs> just to make sure that we're going to win. OK, Tony, you've seen plenty of derbies in your time. What memories stand out to you? Um, a few, actually, mainly going back in the mists of time. Uh, Basher's winner in the last minute, obviously, is a, is a big favourite. Um, but I think, one of my favourite memories it, it, it's got to be we, we in the early 80s I think we beat them five times on the trot one at their place in at ours and one of one of my favourite games was um, I think if the eight, 81 season we played them at home and uh, it was one of those games where they for a change they had most of the play they were attacking we were hanging on and we scored, if I remember right, it was Steve White against the run of play. And they had a guy called Malcolm Poskett up front for them. And I remember, um, I think it was Poskett hit a shot and it took a wicked deflection. And Findlay was diving the wrong way. And somehow in mid-air, mid, mid air, he managed to twist and get his left hand and fingertips to the ball to tip it over the bar. Uh, which was an unbelievable moment, and uh, and again in that same same game, there's something that was really funny. Uh, they um, they scored, or so they thought. Malcolm Poskett put the ball in the net, and the referee called it back and gave them a free kick outside the box uh, for a foul that uh, nobody could understand it, and they were going crazy. And of course, we were laughing our tits off. Um, <laughs> But we, we really seem to have the Indian sign over them um, at that time. And I, I, I remember um, David Pleat saying, you know, what was the secret? Why, why um, you know, how come you've had all this success against Watford? Uh, because at the time they were, you know, a very, very direct route one side. As soon as they got the ball, it was bang into the penalty area. And the opposition's penalty area, and David Cleek turned around and said, "The reason why we do so well about uh, against them is they they're all about pressure. 
if you don't give them the ball, they can't pressure you. So Luton just used to play possession football all the time. And of course, that team that Pleat built at the time, that was what they were about, passing and moving and ball to feet and keeping possession. And they were superb at it. And it was just a great time to be a Luton fan because, you know, you got to the stage that, oh, it's the Derby game, yeah, it's another three points. You know, and, and then the season we, we went up 81, 82, we absolutely destroyed them at home 4-1. And then, uh, you know, we got a draw at their place. So, you know, some cracking memories. Also, in, in the 90s, the um, Trevor Benjamin diving header, where he, he dived backwards to head the ball in on, a, on a, an absolutely appalling night. That was the night um, just after Darren Salton got injured. Um, so, yep. a bit, um, you know, a, a, a sad occasion, but a joyous one at the same time because, you know, we, we put them in their place. And, uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, Derby games have been few and far between recently, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get back to our, our dominance again. And, um, you know, we're in the ascendancy at the moment. And... Uh, the natural order has been resumed, so um, long may it continue. Yeah, looking at the league table, it might be few and far between um, in future as well, but thankfully mm. in the right direction for us. Dan, you're of a similar age to myself. I'm guessing your memory of this fixture is a certain night in 2002. Yeah, um, I lived up in Lincolnshire at the time. Uh, wasn't able to go, unfortunately, but Every part of me wanted to be there. Um, I just remember going into work the next day and seeing the headlines of all the trouble that had happened beforehand. And uh, it was a while before anybody actually mentioned uh, Springy's wonder goal, uh, which was a cracking bit of play, wasn't it? I mean, he, I think it was a combination of Nichols and Springy putting in two-footed tackles and then Springy just taking it on. One touch, two touch, bang, 40 yards. See you later. Um, <clears throat> and then Howard scoring later on as well. Um, so yeah that was probably I think the earliest memories I do have was when we'd done them 4-2 there as well um, I wasn't at that but I, I do remember the result coming through as a kid and I remember my dad pointing out as well that they hadn't beaten us in something like 10 years which was pleasing and something as a record that we wanted to keep hold of Um so yeah, it's, it's been a bit up and down, hasn't it? Like a, a lot of the, just looking back at all the results we've had in the last 30 years, and most of them have been draws. So yeah, it's, it's uh, but yeah, the, that night at Watford in 2002 was particularly special to us. Um, I remember Berkovic's equaliser in 06 as well, um, when it looked like we weren't going to get much out of it. As the game dragged on and on, they obviously scored first. Um but yeah, again, it just some of the, like that goal going in. I still remember it as clear as day. The ball coming over and Berkovic just not. I think he headed it home. I think, and uh, we we all just went mental in that end. It was uh, it was really special. It's it's, it's always nerve wracking though because you don't like you, you always want these games, but you, you don't want to lose them. So it, it's always a bit. You're always sort of a bit on edge. God knows how the players feel about it. Um, but as a supporter, it's, uh, you're always on edge, aren't you? You absolutely are. Yeah, I mean, these are the games, aren't they? You know, if you win these two games, you know, your season's largely uh, sort of made up, isn't it? James, is this game kind of another reminder? It's actually been a week of this. 
but a reminder of how far we've come. I mean, obviously on Tuesday night, first time we played Norwich in, in nine years, last time we played them five divisions between us, this time played them as an equal, very much the same on Saturday, uh, sorry, Sunday. Um, you know, we play them, well, we don't play them as an equal, do we? We play them miles ahead of them in the league table this time. And uh, again, it's just a reminder of how in such a short space of time this club has done wonders. Yeah, I think it will. Um, it's uh, the length of time that you've not been able to watch them. I mean, obviously it happened two seasons ago, but you, you couldn't. But that that adds to it as well. But I actually think the, the the result against Norwich is probably one of the most symbolic you could possibly get about Luton's the, the reversal of Luton's fortunes. Considering, like you say, they played Norwich nine years ago at Carrow Road, and it, they were. Um, there was 85, play, 85 places in the Football League between them. In fact, Luton were in the non-league. And, so, and they beat them 1-0 and then they go up there again midweek and, and beat them 1-0 again and, and leapfrog them. And to go, to go into fourth at the time, obviously dropped down after the, the games the following night. But I think that was one of the most symbolic. Um, the, the, one against Luton, uh, the one against Watford, I think, is... There's... there's it's it's everything that a local derby is, isn't it? For for Luton fans, I think what fans don't get it, and I'm sure they don't, or the younger ones don't anyway. But and that's their that's their loss. But it's 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 the bragging rights. It's the preservation of bragging rights, obviously, because Luton have them. It's the continuation of Luton's form, which is absolutely bloody remarkable. You know what? Not lost in six and a half weeks and. I think that's that's Luton's best run in the championship since 1996, which is phenomenal. And this is all considering Luton was supposedly had a slow start, and it wasn't. And people are going, oh, I don't know, not sure. Um, you know, com- comfortably or, or deservedly, I should say, sorry, in, in the playoff positions. And, and you, I'm even seeing people on social media. I think it was the second tier pod. Um, the, the fellow on there going, they're 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 up there now as automatic promotion contenders. Nobody's talking about that, about Watford now. They're just talking about them, like the basket case of the club that they are. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the, a derby game will have all those things of local rivalry and bragging rights and stuff attached to it. But really, um, if you can remove yourself from the game in any sort of way, it's the clash of one club that's perfectly well run and how a football club should be against another club and how, how you completely ruin a football club. Yeah, I did a column on this for you, didn't I? The last time yeah. we went there during COVID and my Twitter timeline exploded when you uh, posted it live. It, they didn't take it particularly well down there, did they? It was uh, well, you get the, You get the argument, and this is from the people that think football was invented in 1992, that being in the Premier League means that they were a better team than Luton when you present them with facts their minds explode and you know Luton have had more years in the top flight they've actually got something in the trophy cabinet and um, they haven't got to an FA Cup final and got spanked 6-0 or whatever it was by Man City so my favourite um, ever cup final that. yeah I mean you can, you can you can claim success by getting to the Premier League if you want but getting absolutely battered as the song goes and getting dumped out of the Premier League because you haven't got a cohesive plan of how to play football or keep a manager or, or keep a ha- the squad happy. I just buy loads of mercenaries and overspend. And there's this stuff 
that I really can't even begin to wrap my head around it with at the moment of their finances of how they could like loan mm. players to their own clubs and not get done for it. I'm sh- it. I mean, I don't understand it, but just speaking to somebody that a lay person like that and doesn't understand those sorts of financial machinations, it just looks dodgy. So there's none of that with Luton and um, long may that continue. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's a well-known fact that the only success Watford have had is the bloke who played for them with that name. Um, Tony, I should say that we are recording this on Thursday night, so there's every chance by the time it kicks off, Billich has been sacked. But um, let, let's go on the assumption that he is still their manager. I mean, the touchline is going to be such a place to look on Sunday, isn't it? Billich against Jones, I mean... There's there's fire there's more fireworks there than you're going to see on bonfire night. Yeah, uh, I'm, one of the things I'm I'm quite looking forward to um, with that it, 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 it's all going to add to the atmosphere, isn't it? And uh, you know, I think with Jones, he he can't help himself at times, can he? He just he, he's he's so passionate, wears his heart on his sleeve, and uh, I think Billich is a little bit the same. So. Um, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't result to fisticuffs on the sidelines, but uh, maybe uh, Jonesy's been taking some uh, coaching from Tom Lockyer, you know? Yeah, if it does result to fisticuffs, Tom Lockyer will, will show him how to go down like a sack of spuds, wouldn't he? I mean, uh, fair play to him, but it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it worked, it absolutely worked. So, uh, no, fair play to him for that. Um, I don't know um, if you saw them in week down, but it looks like. Uh, the aptly named Imran loser is going to miss out on the game for them. He went off injured. He was balling. Well, his I, I, I reckon he just he, he just doesn't fancy the thought of coming up against Alan Campbell in midfield. But to be quite honest, I don't blame him for that. Uh, yeah. I don't think anyone um, particular. I swear to God, there's more than one of that bloke. Um, yeah, it looks like he's going to miss out. Dan, they've um, from what I can gather, they've got a few injury issues. I think they've got about seven or eight out injured, which. You know that. Uh, to be fair, I couldn't tell you from Adam which one they are. To be honest with you, there's, there's a couple of English lads in there, and then there's loads that have played for Udinese and God knows who else that club owns as well. So, yeah, it's it's, it's good if they've got more players out injured. That's good. It helps us a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, you know. Again, though, they, these kind of things. I was saying. To Tony beforehand, these sort of things can go out the window sometimes. So right? they, they are playing crap, um, mm. surprisingly enough. Uh, um, we're playing really well. Uh, they've got injury problems. We've only really got long-term ones now. We've got people coming back in. Um, we've only got like, the long-term ones, which you already know about, and uh, so haven't really won't really have an effect on it. But it's it's one of them. I don't I don't really know. Um, it's going to be it's going to be tough, but I think having the advantage of their so-called key players out will help us a lot. And I think if we can get up them a little bit early, it will start getting the home crowd onto them and hopefully put a bit of pressure onto them. Because I don't think looking at that squad, I don't think many of them realise what sort of a, a derby it is going to be on Sunday. I don't mm. think they're as clued up as the Luton players would be necessarily, I would suggest. And from speaking to a couple of their supporters, I think that's very much the case. Yeah. Let's hope it is um let's hope it's the case. Uh, James, is it 
Um, when we went there two years ago, it was obviously there was no crowds. It's COVID. You could kind of get away with playing. Uh, let me turn this negative stroke defensive football. We did do an awful lot of that, not necessarily to the dark arts of the game, but, you know, just to make sure we stayed in games and things. Whereas now we don't. Now we go on the front foot, look to press, look to attack, look to be aggressive. It's, it's, it's a real difference uh, that we go there with on, uh, on on Sunday as opposed to that last time where we went there, where we were still probably still feeling our way out. Dewsbury Hall hadn't quite come to the boil that season, had he yet? But now we're flying. Completely different side now, isn't it? Um, I mean, you can look at the top six in the championship and all the teams are looking to played in there and they've not lost to any of them. So it's, you know, we've said this before in the in the podcast that there's nobody in that division that's scary, uh, particularly this season. I think it's a really wide open division and that's probably why you get people saying that Luton could be automatic promotion candidates. Um, they're certainly bang on form and very consistent and, and the away form is, is still so key, isn't it? I think uh, they have, Luton have taken the most amount of points or joint most amount of points this calendar year on their travels. And, um, you know, the sight of going up to Norwich and doing a 1-0 is getting back to that lovely stuff that they were doing last season and the season before where they were doing that. And um, the, the thing is, if they can be resolute in defence, They've we've they've added so much firepower that you fancy them even more uh, to go and do that uh, away. And the Watford fans just they're they're not not happy. I can I, I can I can tell you this now that I have been gorging myself on Watford podcast today, and it's been chef's kiss stuff. I've done it. <laughs> you've done, I've done it so you lot don't have to. You don't have to listen to them. But they. I'm scared as hell about this game and they are furious with the owners. They're furious with the players. They think they don't do anything or work hard. Uh, they think they're mercenaries. They think they just take their paycheck. They're absolutely livid about every square inch of that football club. And so there's 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 nothing to be scared of, really. It's taken them a long time to wake up to that, though, James, hasn't it? (laughs) Well, they are a bit backwards, aren't they? A bit behind reality. The one thing they've got is they've spent a lot of money and they have got good players. So if those players turn up, then you've got a game. But if they are so disjointed and so uh, ununified as they appeared to be against Millwall in midweek, then it's an even more exciting prospect than it would be normally. So, um, yeah, the, all these things just give you the the confidence about it. But um, the, the the current form, I know that people say that you know this can go out the window in derbies. But I, I just from what I've listened to and what I've read from them, and the way their players are sort of reacting, really. And I, I thought I thought this actually last time when they came to Kenilworth Road that. Their, their players and, and maybe some sections don't understand the sort of the fire and importance of it. They don't want to lose, don't get me wrong, but they haven't they haven't been sort of waiting for this for 16 years like Luton have because they've been, you know, thinking they're the successful side in the region by playing in the Premier League and getting relegated every couple of years. So um, it's, uh, 
it, it's a, it's a great time to go there, and um, you just got to go into the business now. Yeah, that's that is the thing, uh, Tony. The good thing at uh, midweek we didn't just win, but we won without sort of Elijah on the pitch. Lansbury didn't even come on the pitch, and Bradley was only on it for ten minutes. I know Elijah came off the last sort of fifteen. Uh, well, 15 minutes plus the five and a half weeks that he added on at the end for some <laughs> unknown reason. But it just shows the strength of this squad now that we can leave those three on the sidelines and be arguably the best team in the league. Yeah, it um, it, it shows that um, Nathan has learned. I mean, because that's what did us last season, wasn't it? At the end, all the injuries. and We didn't have the, the depth in the squad. But not only have we got that squad depth now, but there's been a definite increase in quality of players. I mean, when, um, you know, when Morris went off and, uh, you know, Elijah came on and um, Jerome came on, it it was straight back at at it. I mean, and you know, that's what's so great is we've got... um, these forwards that are interchangeable and seem to be playing well together. Um, and that is really good to see. It's, uh, you know, it's certainly filling you with optimism and, and, and a lot more positivity. Um, the game the other night, it looked from the outset as if we weren't really going to be in any trouble uh, because we restricted Norwich to basically shots from long range and they didn't, didn't really trouble us really that much. And it looked like, yeah, it's going to be nil-nil. And then all it took was one moment of magic from Carlton Morris. And we're one-nil up. And these days, when you go one-nil up away from home, you you, you, you start to get that feeling, do you know what, we're going to win this. We're going to win this because I can't see them breaking us down. Uh, So all the players are are up for it. And uh, I think they'll be up for, for, for Sunday. Um, and I, I think Watford have got a, a big task on their hands. I, I, I think what you'll find is if Watford continue to play as they are playing, I think you'll find their fans will turn on them quite quickly. It's great. That's what you want to see. And, uh, you know, another manager getting the opportunity to go on the merry-go-round there as well. Um, so, yeah, I... I, I I mean, I, I looked at the last two games. I didn't expect a lot from QPR uh, because when we play them, they always seem to get the rub of the green, all the, the decisions and everything. So I went into Saturday's game expecting to lose. And I thought, I'm not going to be disappointed. Anything else is a bonus, which is exactly what happened. But we look great. I mean, my cousin said to me during the game when the subs were made, uh, he said, oh, Luke Berry's coming on. So I looked in and I thought, yeah, I've put on a lot of weight. Of mm-hmm. course, it was it, it was Freeman, wasn't it? Not Barry. <laughs> um, of course, you know my cousin is a bit of a plonker. Um, <laughs> of course, my, my, my eyesight not being the greatest. Of course, it's only when he got a bit close. Eh, that's not Barry. You know, let's let's Freeman. But um, another beautiful thing about this Luton side is we never know when we're beaten. Either they'll keep fighting to the end. And I think this is probably one of the best lose sides I, I, I've ever seen in terms of how they perform when they're out of possession as well. I don't think I've ever seen a Luton side uh, perform so well when we haven't got the ball. 
you know, they're snapping at the opposition. They're not giving them time. We're playing the, the, the high press. And and you can see with, with, with the tactics, Nathan's learned a lot. He's learning from his substitutions. And um, I, I think we go into Sunday, you know, favourites for the game. I'm expecting to win. That's big call. Big call. Um, Dan, um, one of the one of the key men's obviously going to be Carlton Morris, isn't it? The boys flying. What for defenders going to have their hands for? Particularly if Elijah's alongside him. I'll tell you what. Carlton Morris has already said it really, and uh, I love the confidence in the way he speaks as well as the way he plays. He says defenders don't want to fancy, don't really fancy playing the likes of Morris and Nadibaya. And you could see the QPR defenders absolutely shut themselves Saturday because they they just weren't having a good time of it. As you know, if one of them's not giving them hell, it's the other one doing it. And you know they they work so well when when it when the season first started. I, I think it's taken a few games for them to sort of develop an understanding on the field. I think you, you can practice all you like in training, but it doesn't always come off during a game. Um, but yeah, I. I wouldn't want to be playing against them too at all. And then when you've got fed up of them and he takes them off, he's got Cameron Jerome at 36, runs like Linford Christie and he's just, he's just a beast, isn't he, at the moment? Jerome seems to have a bit of fun. He was brilliant on, on Saturday, wasn't he, Jerome? You'd have he was absolutely fantastic. You know, sometimes yeah. Cameron comes on and he, he's just sort of playing out the 10 minutes and I might be being a bit unfair on him, but he doesn't really have enough time to sort of impact a game. But boy, did he on Saturday. I think he, I think he changed it, turned it on his head and went out and sealed the mm. points for us, really. And you see glimpses of that. I remember at Blackburn last year when he headed down for, for Luke Berry, there was a long ball pumped forwards. He nods it down and Berry smacks home. And that's what he's there for, you know, for his experience. So when you haven't got Adebayo and Morris, you've still got to deal with Jerome and then you've you've got Cornick who can run at you as well. So it's we're in a really, really good position. Like I think one of you said earlier, you know, we've, we've got more strength in depth this time round. And yeah, I I just think they're, uh, they should be spending, I think if you're Watford, you should be spending more time thinking about how to deal with the front two than anything else because I think that's where our threat is going to come from. Elijah looked really, really well up for it on Saturday, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. And he's I think he's determined, you know, I know he's had off-field problems and we spoke about him last time I was on and um, we put it down to, you know, it's a striker's thing. If you don't score it, it sort of affects you a little bit. Little did we know what was going on, we still don't. But, um, yeah, but once once you get a goal as a striker, they, they start coming left, right and centre, don't they? And hmm. I think he's hitting form just at the right time, especially for this match. And Carlton's obviously, you know, we, we know what he can do as well. So it's looking really think, good for us at the moment. And the main thing is that Carlton Morris hasn't got that fifth booking that he's been uh, sitting on no, for the last no. sort of four or five games so he can hmm. play on Sunday. James, two other players they're not going to want to play against, Alan Campbell and Jordan Clark. Those two are, I mean, we say it every time we do a podcast, they're, they're just flat out ridiculous. They're, they're a dreamy pair of central midfielders, aren't they, really? I think that they get credited so many by, so much by fans that aren't Luton fans. Like, I listen to that second tier quite a lot and they talk about them um, and they review Luton and how much they run and how much the effort they put in. And 
I think people also can't believe that they got the likes of uh, Jordan Clark for nothing. And he was mm. a winger and they've turned him into a central midfielder. Um, well, he can't no. believe that. Even the player. Yeah, even the player couldn't believe he'd be a central midfielder, but he's absolutely stunning. I mean, he does everything very well, but he's also confident enough now to use some of that stuff he did as a winger to beat players, but he's doing it in the middle of the park where it's just outrageous. And like you can turn on a sixpence and he was away from a couple of Rangers players at the weekend, sublime stuff. There was one in, earlier in the season when they really plucked the ball out of the sky in the middle of the park and just burn away from a couple of players. And yeah, everything really. And, you know, he's added a goal now, which desperately needed. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the... I think um, when Rangers came at the weekend, Ilias Chair was up there for assists. He had five, he's top of the table for his championship assists. But he didn't do anything else uh, against Luton. They, he, they kept him fairly quiet. But Jordan Clark uh, can provide those assists, but he does everything else as well. He's, he's tenacious in the... Uh, in his tackling and his, his work off the ball and he'll back of Harry and chase people and then he can switch different positions if if one of the players wants to go forward and he can go back and stuff like that. He's a very intelligent footballer. And um, Campbell is just the, the engine room, isn't he? We spoke about him so much so he just keeps on going and doesn't doesn't let any defender or midfielder have a moment's peace. And when Elijah was doing that as well, and they're close enough to each other, it's very difficult for teams to play through Luton. Um, and uh, it's yeah, it's, it's a great pairing when they're, when they're together. And you combine that with um, maybe a Lansbury at the back who will add a bit of defensive solidity, or when Pelly gets back to full fitness, similar thing. I think people look on look on Luton's midfield with envy uh, for the, the way that they've been recruited, and none of them are sort of big prima donnas, are they? They all just work and graft, but they've got a bit of quality as well, as most of the squad have now, and that's the key thing. That's what's going to um, see Luton progress from last season, however that manifests itself. Um, but it's looking like. You know, after a slow start, the last two months really, you know, I mean, even beyond that, if you take out the Wigan defeat, which was just an anomaly, they've been fantastic since uh, since they've got their act together after Bristol City, um, and it's you know, quarter way through the season now, and it's looking good. It certainly is, that is for sure. Yeah, Tony, we're going to catch up with Tom Lockyer in a minute, but he's the other key man, isn't he? I just hope he's got pocket space left because he's still got Lyndon Dykes in one side and Timo Puki in the other side. <laughs> so we need to uh, yeah. we need to hope he's got one spare pocket for uh, whoever plays up front. Yeah, um, he's been outstanding, hasn't he? I, I, I tell you what, I, I read an article um, about Tom Lockyer and how he's come on and. Um, in that article, he said that they didn't particularly like him at Charlton. The, the fans didn't like him. And I, I'm quite at a, a loss for that because he looked good. But the, the, the main thing about this was how players um, have come to us. And following on from what uh, what's just been said, 
um, with, with Clicker and, and Tom Lockyer, we seem to be developing these players and they seem like tw- twice or three times the players they were at their, their previous clubs. I'm, I'm even at this particular level. Uh, I mean, you said, I think you've seen that with Carlton Morris. He always looked a good player for Barnsley. But I, I think Nathan and the coaching staff just seem to find this added dimension to them to to make them step up and um, you know, but but Lockyer I think has been absolutely tremendous for us. Um, he's taken over Danny Hilton's shithousery crown. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think he, I think he's got competition with uh, Henry Lansbury. But um, no, I, I think his reading of the game is first class. And I think uh, when he's bringing out the ball from the back, he, he, he looks brilliant. I, I, only Reese Burke has looked better than him at the back. And unfortunately, we would be even stronger if we had Reese Burke there. But no, Tom, Tom has never let us down. I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of occasions, you know, the first goal against Wigan where it went in off him, but that's just unfortunate. That's what happens in football matches. Um, but he, he's, he's fast becoming the linchpin of that, that defence. Yeah, he really is, yeah. Uh, obviously, if you believe in sequences, Freeman scored against his old club last Saturday. Morris scored against his old club on Tuesday night. Henry Lansbury plays against his old club on Sunday just saying you yeah. never know there's always an unlikely hero in a derby isn't there and it could mm. very well be him uh, let's hear from the man of the moment himself then Tom Lockyer I caught up with him after training uh, to get his views on well this week so far and what the big game on Sunday okay if you was around the Norwich well even the Norfolk area on uh, Tuesday night you'll have heard lots of chants of Tommy 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 Lockyer from the Luton, uh, Luton fans and I'm pleased to say I'm joined by the great man himself. Tom, thanks for giving up some of your time this afternoon. No pleasure to be here. Um, it was quite eventful Tuesday night, wasn't it? I mean, what was the sort of feeling like after the game? Because it felt like a sort of a real momentous win. Yeah, I think um, I think the boys who've done the press after and the gaffer summed it up perfectly. You know, um, it's it's a tough place to go, regardless of what form they're in or what form we're in. So, um, you know, I think before the game. Uh, I would have been one of them I'd have taken a point there and, and bit your hand off for that so to come away with three points we're absolutely delighted um, like I said regardless of the form they, they're in um, getting three points at Car Road is, uh, is massive Yeah and it was like it wasn't just the three points was it it was the fact that you know Ethan had precious little to do uh, the three of you in front of him and in fact the whole team it just snuffed out any sort of threat that Norwich were trying to create yeah, um, you know, you, you want to try and keep your goalie as quiet as possible, you know, in the nicest possible way. Um, so, yeah, he did have a couple of saves to make, which he which he done quite well, to be fair to him. Um, and, yeah, yeah, we were, we, were, um, we were good behind the ball. And, you know, I see a lot of us getting um, praise for the performances and that. But, you know, that comes from throughout the whole team, um, you know, pressing at the top of the field. Then you've got the, the workhorses in midfield who... Who look after us as well and listen to our shouts, left and right shoulder, press, hold. Do you know what I mean? So um, they do it without question. So um, yeah, we got a lot, a lot of thank uh, all them for. But you know, it's it's something we pride ourselves on. We've had quite a few clean sheets recently, um, and um, yeah, we're, we're open to uh, go uh, one better on the clean sheet tally than last year. That would be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it kind of carried on a big week 
really, didn't it? QPR, they were in and around the top of the table, the top of the table as we speak now. Uh, but we saw them off as well in another sort of, a kind of different kind of performance because that time we had a lot of the ball, didn't we? And, and pushed them in the right areas and sort of dominated and imposed ourselves on them. Yeah, um, you know, our, our home form hasn't been as good as it was last year. Um, who knows what that's down to, but uh, we want to try and get that back to what it was last year. And also the uh, when we go ahead, we didn't really lose last year either. I, I can remember, you know, that's happened a couple of times this season already. Um, and yeah, we want to turn the Kenny back to a fortress because we know it's a really tough place to come. I've come there and, you know, with Bristol Rovers and with Charlton and this, um, you know, as an away team, it's, it's really our place to come and play your football. So, um, you know, I spoke to... Um, the QP, one of the QPR defenders I know um, after the game, and and he just said, he just said, wow, I, I hate that place, and you know that's the feeling we want to try and put in in all the players that that come to the Kenny. So yeah, we want to try and get the home form back to what it was last year, and um, try and make it a fortress. Yeah, I'm sure that'll happen over time. It's just one of those sort of weird coincidences, isn't it? Because the, the form of the season overall, apart from maybe one night at Bristol City, we. We've been really good in, in almost every game, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Um, you have to look at performances as well, but I think if you said to all the fans, what would you rather, a rubbish performance and three points or a great performance and no points, I think I, I think I know what the majority of them would take. So, you know, it's, it's about getting the balance because normally the performances and the points come in hand in hand. Um, but, you know, if we're going to choose one, I think we choose the three points all day. Um, well, no, I would anyway. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And of course, three points, that's the sort of figure that we're off top spot at the moment. We're, we're just in a great position. I mean, building on from last season as well, it's, it's, it's going fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we don't, well, me personally, I don't really like look at the table. When you said QPR were top then, I was a bit um, not surprised, but you know, I just had, haven't, haven't had a look at it. So, um, yeah, but what I do know is that, you know, there's a lot of teams all, all in amongst it. You know, no one's really running away with it this year. So, um, yeah, that's good. Obviously, the, our form's good as well, um, which is encouraging. I'm not sure the exact stats. I think you know better. But, um, yeah, the lads are full of confidence. Like you said, carrying on from last year, I think the gaffers mentioned it before with the signings we've made. They've uh, they've all come in and settled in really well and been great additions to the squad. So, um, yeah, it is going to be a squad game like you've seen already. Um, we've had loads of injuries already, which obviously no one, no one likes to have. Um, but that, that's why you, why you build a squad and not just an eleven. Yeah, um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised that uh, where QPR as well. It's seven I've beaten, yeah, to confirm um, before. I, I, I guess on the squad sort of thing, last season you kind of felt there was one or two players that if they'd gone down injured, say Elijah up top. You know, it might get, it might become a bit of a struggle. But now we've got so many options right throughout the squad that you guys must be confident. Whichever eleven take the field, we're going to put in a performance and get a result. Yeah, of course. And it's like you said, we were massively relying on Elijah last season, and when he done his hamstring against Blackpool, and um, you know, it, it was kind of like, oh no. Um, and I know we had a um, great replacement in Cami and um, and Corns, but. You know, having Carlton who can who can come in now is is massive, and I think you've seen at the start of the season. You know, when Elijah struggled for a little bit of form before he got up and running, um, and Carlton had the had the had the weight of the team on his shoulders, uh, doing all the heavy lifting for us until um, Eli got his form again. So it's great to have them both firing now, 
because um, you know no one's no one's going to play good throughout all forty six. I think forty six net forty six games in a season. It's, it's impossible to do. So um, yeah, when when our strikers can share the burden amongst them, um, yeah, it's fantastic. And I think QPR epitomised that. You had um, I can't remember who started. I think it was um, Elijah and Carlton, and they were absolutely outstanding for a whatever however long they played, and then. Cam Jerome and Harry Cornett came on and, and um, just didn't give their defenders a minute's rest and that's the type of impact you need and you know it's credit to the way we train because everyone pushes each other in training you know there's, there's no freebies in training so when the boys do come in and get minutes in their belt you know they're ready for it and I guess you're the perfect testament to that because you didn't start the season on the side you had that Newport game where you scored and then you know you was kind of worried that you'd have to um, sit out and wait your turn but actually it came along quite quickly and your form since then has just been fantastic yeah it's weird how football works isn't it you know missed the first four games of the season and I'm thinking then we're out the Carabao Cup and I'm thinking where's my next game going to come from so yeah it's, it's a weird one uh, got got the chance away at Swansea and um, kept the clean sheet I think it was the first win wasn't it so um yeah, then it was just good to, to have a little run in the team. Um, and that's probably the main thing for me, you know. I think my time at Luton so far has just been a bit stop and start. You know, if someone was to say, how was, your, how was your time at Luton before this season? I'd just say stop and start. Every time I seem to get going, you know, I'd, I'd get a little knock or I'd be out of the team for a couple of games and then trying to get going again. So, yeah, I think the main thing for me is just it's just nice to have um, a nice run of games under my belt now and um, and hopefully that can continue. I mean, obviously you're playing the best football that you've played uh, whilst you've been at Luton, but the last sort of four or five games, is it kind of the best football of your career? Because you really have just absolutely shone at that back line. Um, no, I'm not too sure. Um, it's certainly a really good patch, like you say. Um, you know, I, I feel at home in that middle of the three. I um, think I complement it quite well. You know, I read the game quite well. I encourage the other two, uh, the other two are either side of me to go and get as tight as they want to their defenders, uh, to their attackers, and I'll cover anything in behind, which obviously allows them to go and and look good as well. So it's one of them things I, I, I like the middle. I like sweeping up. I like controlling people and telling them where to be. And um, yeah, I just just really like it there. So um, yeah, not uh, yeah. Long may that continue. Uh, you mentioned about the other two getting tight to their markers. Uh, you're not shy of getting tight to your marker either, as we saw on Tuesday night. Yeah, um, yeah, I know Pookie from when um, Wales played Finland, and um, yeah, he's a really nice guy. And you know, we do we do our clips before, and I, I messaged Cheese and. I said I messaged Cheese the night before. I said just watch Pookie's clips. Gonna gonna try and play him the way we played um, Oberfemi at Swansea, and he said yeah, perfect. I think that's the way to go about it. So you know, it's not just um, a prototype. One fits all for each different play. You know, um, everyone does their homework, and and we work on how best to nullify opponents. So it doesn't just happen. A lot goes on behind the scenes. You know, Cheese is, is great. Now he's come in. I know he does the set pieces, but obviously a great centre half when he was playing. So. Um, yeah, it's great for me at the minute just to um, be learning and, and getting different opinions on things. And how kind of different is it? Because very rarely have you had the same person to your right-hand side this season. It's been Reese, hasn't it? It's been Gabe, it's been Breezy and, you know, uh, it's a combination of things. Is it, is it easy to move between different partners? Yeah, I think so. You know, um, we all 
mixing about in training. So we all know each other's games, and you know we've all been here long enough now as well. Um, and I've been on the right as well myself. So yeah, um, I think it's, it's it's a good back line. I think Potter's the only one who, who's really um, you know nailed that position down. So all the others are still up for grabs and, and fighting for. So um, yeah, whoever plays, I know we'll we'll, uh, we'll be bang on it and, and looking for a clean sheet like we all do. Let's move it on then. Sunday, it's a big game for us fans. I'm sure you know that. You've been here three years. You was obviously involved um, at their place in the COVID season. But is it just another game for you boys, or is it even for you boys? Is it you know the big one? Yeah, it's a weird one because um, we, of course, we know how much it means to the fans. Um, and then there's a, there's a fine line of you know getting too pumped up and doing something silly, um, and then not you know playing the occasion instead of the game and, and maybe like letting it pass you by so um, of course we know how much it means to the fans but you know we, we want three points regardless of, of, of what it means to the fans so um, you know of course it's a, it's a massive occasion and you know it's a sellout we could have probably sold that out three four times maybe who knows so um, yeah it's an absolute massive game but you know I think on the day of course we're going to be up for it um, we would try not and play the occasion and play the game instead. And I guess, I mean, they just they've, they've just come down from the Premier League, haven't they? So uh, you know, they're, they're kind of, I don't know, is, is it more for us than them? Would they kind of be looking at us and thinking, well, you know, they've been non-league sort of ten years ago, we can take it for granted a little bit? Can we play on that? Who knows? You know, um, I don't know what they're saying inside their camp, but. I'm sure they'll be looking at it like us. They want three points. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure whether they'll be taking it lightly because I think I think currently we're ahead of them. Are we are we above them in the table? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't think they will be taking it lightly. It'd be it'd be amazing if they did. Uh, I'd really I'd really enjoy that. But no, I'm sure they'd be saying the same. Three points. Um, try not to play the occasion, but. Yeah, I, I know it's going to be a fantastic day. I know our fans are going to be right behind us, like they have been. Um, Every away game this season, you know, I've been so impressed this season. Um, everywhere we've travelled, I know um, done, done a little twit, Twitter thing, you know, when um, Friday night away at Hull live on Sky, and there were still that many in the crowd singing their hearts out for us. So, um, yeah, I think think most uh, most I'm looking forward to is, is seeing the fans and the noise they they bring on um, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, our end, like you say, would have been sold out. Could have sold that entire stand out actually, not just a little bit um, that they're going to give us. You're obviously fans' favourites, on um, you know fans love the effort that you put in. They love the personality that you've got. But what's it like to hear the fans singing your name? You know, at, at all these away away grounds. Yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, uh, two years it took in it. So um, yeah, <laughs> to brilliant. be fair, we weren't there for one of them. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and I wasn't there for half of it either. So. Um, yeah, no, brilliant. You know, it, it does. It, it breeds confidence, and confidence is massive in football. Um, you know, you you can you can look a million dollars full of confidence, and and you you can be lower than a snake's belly without it. And you know, you're still the same technical ability of a player, but you know, just confidence is massive. So yeah, it, it is lovely to hear, um, and hopefully, I can give them more to cheer about in uh, in the future. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Uh, beyond Sunday, uh, four weeks on Sunday, actually, a certain tournament in Qatar starts. Have you got your eye on that? Um, I mean, it, uh, I'd be lying if I said no, but um, 
you know, it's one of them things I have to be playing well uh, for Luton to, to, to get a chance on that. So, you know, I feel like I am doing that. Um, I spoke to, to the manager in the summer and um, just said, you know what, I, I want to try and um, hit the ground running with Luton this season and force my way in that way. Um, so apart from maybe a few more goals, then um, I'm not sure what else I can be doing at the minute. So, um, you know, but obviously there's still a long, a long way to go now until that. So um, full focus on Luton and, and playing well and then whatever will happen will happen. And um, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If not, uh, I, keep, I keep playing well for Luton. Yeah, I really hope you do get in there, even if it will give me mixed feelings of an Englishman when uh, England and Wales play in, uh, in the group stage. Uh, just going on to Saka, you mentioned adding goals to your game there. You know you know as well as uh, me how football works. Goal scorers in derbies are remembered for, in folklore. You got one You got one coming on Sunday? Oh, I do hope so. I really do hope so. I don't think you'd have to buy a drink again round... Uh... No, you wouldn't, would you? So, yeah. You wouldn't, no. I don't drink anyway. Got it, right. <laughs> you wouldn't. No, you definitely wouldn't. You would absolutely be made up for life and, you know, sort of keys to the town sort of situation, particularly if it's the winning goal. Um, Tom, it's been great to catch up with you. Really, really good season. Love watching you play, particularly in that middle of the three. I think it's fantastic and I think you're perfect for it. And, uh, yeah, wish you all the best for, obviously, for Sunday, for the season as a whole. Hope you get in that way as World Cup squad. You really deserve it. And, um, just do us proud on Sunday, mate. We know you will. Thank you, Kev. Cheers, mate. OK, always good to get the thoughts of someone from inside the camp, let alone one that we absolutely love on this podcast, as you might have gathered so far this season. OK, so um, let's finish off this podcast then with uh, predictions. Two things then from each of you, and I'll start with you, James. First of all, what you're looking forward to what uh, to seeing the most in this game and what's the result of it going to be? I'm looking forward to seeing the crushing realisation that uh, these bunch of uh, rejects and free transfers are just wiping the floor with some overpriced mercenaries from abroad. And uh, I think it will be, I do think it will be tighter than uh, than uh, what recent results have suggested, but I fancy Liam. And so let's. I think it will be 2-1. There's groans all around the world now when you've just said that. Everyone's everyone's thinking, no, don't say that. But no, absolutely fair enough. Uh, Tony, same to you. What are you looking forward to most and what do you think the score will be? Uh, I'm looking forward to Andy Collins crying after the game um, and, and and most of their uh, their fans doing the same. I, I I think James stole a little bit of my thunder there with that. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to hopefully us bringing them down to earth and um, showing the mercenaries just how much passion there can be in the club. Um, but as as for the score, um, I, I, I'll go for 2-0 to Luton. And the same goes to you, Dan. What are you looking forward to? What's the score, mate? Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to a good old-fashioned derby. Um, I say I've only ever been to two live before, um, so it's something I've looked forward to for a long, long time now. Um, and I think we're still on for 97, so I'm going with 4-0 Luton. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll It'll be lovely. What, it would be lovely. It, it would be nice, but I, I don't know. Up until sort of... <clears throat> Up until sort of 
Norwich away and last night seeing their result last night I was I was always under the impression I'd take the nil-nil sort of attitude but I, I just think they're, they're not very good at the moment we are playing very well at the moment uh, this will all come back to bite my ass I'm sure but I'm, hey, I'm confident I'm confident we can get a result I don't see why we can't mm. you know I think our players and the staff know what the game is to the supporters to the club and I, I think they might that they'll be aware of it to a point but I don't think they quite get it as much as we do you know we we want this three points more than more than any three points so I'm just looking forward to the occasion the atmosphere the Luton fans are going to be on song and uh, hopefully the home end will be quiet as as quiet as it was during lockdown. Believe me, Dan, that they'll be hearing about it from Gary Sweet and from Wilco and the directors. Because don't forget, they're all they're all hardened Luton fans, right. and they'll want this win just as much, you know, and 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 putting them in their place. Um, you know, there's a number of things that give me me solace. They've they've been in the the Premier League while we've been to the depths of non-league and. We were still able to laugh at them. You know, we know what it's like to score in the cup final. They don't. Um, you know, and, and also when you look at it, um, we're above them in so many ways. I mean, even when a Watford fan has to look at a map, he'll see Luton above Watford. So, you know, it, it's, um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I think the class is with us, not with them. I think I can't believe we've gone. I can't believe we've gone a forty-minute podcast, and it's taken that long for that line to come out. He's been waiting for that <laughs> ever since. Uh, ever since I let loose, he's been waiting for that one. But uh, sat on it. Fair play. Now I'm with Dan. Uh, I I'm really looking forward to the atmosphere. Luton fans create special atmospheres everywhere, but it'll be even more mm. special on Sunday, and I absolutely can't wait for it. Uh, and I think the town will win two 0 Um. That's it for this episode of the podcast. We will look back at what we hope will be a fantastic uh, occasion and result on Sunday next week. We'll also look back at all of the other games that have happened since the international break. We'll look ahead to the rest of them uh, up until the World Cup. And I'll get the boys' views on a few other things that's doing the rounds on football. That's all to come next week. But for now, it's all about Sunday We know the players will do us proud. We know we'll all do us proud in the stands. If you're in there, please, please support the club respectfully. I understand that it's an emotional occasion, but uh, we're a good club and let's make sure that the headlines are on the pitch, not off them on Saturday. Gents, enjoy the game. And until next week, well, come on, you atters. (laughs) 